Spread the Floor, the world's first and only NBA podcast, probably. I am your host, Brian Gill, joined as always by the Kelly Olenek to my Shane Larkin. It's my co-host, Dobin. What's going on, buddy? Oh, you're going to start off with the headache, aren't you? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. It's over. It is over. The, The Milwaukee Bucks are NBA champions for the first time in literally 50 years. First time in our lifetime, obviously. Uh, adding a new champion to that list that we talked about a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, this is exciting, man. This is really cool. We are recording this, like, I don't know, 10 minutes after uh, after the, the final buzzer. So you're going to get some kind of almost live reactions to everything. Yeah, they're literally happening. still talking to the players on the court <laughs> right now. Yeah. 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 Uh, this is this is a big day. So, look, this... I, Kind of. I mean, I know sometimes we come on here and we say, hey, this episode's going to be short. Um, and then it's never short. But I do feel like this this one will be relatively because we, I haven't had time to obviously we haven't had time to like digest everything that happened tonight. Look at like deep stats and listen to commentary and all that kind of stuff. This is kind of just going to be reactions to the game, the series, the way the Bucks have built things. Um, and then and then we'll get out of here because we got plenty of stuff that's coming up in the next week or two for for the off season stuff because. The NBA silly season, as Zach Lowe likes to call it, is about to begin, and and uh, that'll be a lot of fun too. But obviously, we're here. To, we're going to be talking about we're going to be talking about the Bucks tonight. We're going to talk about Bucks, Suns, mostly Game Six. Maybe get a little note or two on Game Five as we go here. Um, you got. I think we just have to start with Giannis, right? Because this yeah. was this was a. I mean, <clears throat> I don't even I don't even know what to say about the guy. To be honest with you, I I love Giannis. I know you do too. Giannis is probably my favorite player in the league who does not play for the Dallas Mavericks. And he might be in my top five of all time right now, man. Like I, I, I'm trying not to get uh, too hyperbolic at this moment because I'm very amped up. I love watching that guy play basketball. I have been riding that, that bandwagon for, for a long time as somebody who um, I just really enjoy what he brings to the table. I enjoy the way that he has progressed over, the, over these eight years. This, the the what the Bucks have tried to do. Um, I just, I don't know, man. This is a huge, huge story, and it's really, the success story of the Milwaukee Bucks is going to be a big part of things tonight, but we got to start with Giannis because he just had one of the, like, true all-time great performances in the finals. So uh, you got, you pulled up his stats from, from tonight and from this series, so I want to toss it to you, and we can just fawn over <laughs> what, yeah. what he has done over those last six games. And by the way, we thought he had a torn ACL like two weeks ago. Like, it's it's unbelievable what he has done in this series. So, Giannis stats, go. Yeah, tonight he uh, he had a 50-burger. He, he had 50 <laughs> points, 14 rebounds, five blocks, too, which was insane. And he was Golly. a plus 10 from the field. Uh, he's the, I think I heard on the broadcast he's the seventh person in the history of the finals to score 50 points, which is just insane. Um he went over 40 points three times in the series. Uh, he was double-digit rebounds in every game but game five. Um, his plus-minus was pretty high. He was he was in the plus in every single game except for game five that they won. Um, and he averaged 35.2 points and 13.2 rebounds for the whole series. And that's just... like I, I think I texted you before, you know, in the, like the third quarter that, you know, if the Bucks go on and win this... This is when he only had like 30 points, too. <laughs> you know? um, I said, if they go on and win, this is going to be considered one of the greatest finals performances. I have to, like, it has to be easily, I mean, I don't know. Like, wh- okay, let me ask you, where, where just, you know, reactionary off the cuff, where would you rank this just off the top of your head? It, let's, let's say modern finals. So, like, maybe, yeah. you know, 90s to now. Um, Jordan had had a few that might that might have topped this like the the game in the Sun series I can't remember if that was game five of the Sun series where he and Barkley were going back and forth. That no, I mean like I mean as a whole in the finals like like you the whole series. I mean, I I think you could make a case that LeBron in 2018, 2018? Mm-hmm. When they lost, I'm not a LeBron guy, you know that. So, but that would the, the series, you know, that was the J.R. Smith year where he, mm-hmm. um, that 
the, what he did in that series was was pretty unbelievable. Uh, I mean, obviously, I'm partial to to Dirk, and, but the, statistically, Dirk's 2011 doesn't compare to Giannis at like at all at all. And and, and there's you know, we can, we can, we can talk about how offensive explosion has taken place over this year and all that sort of stuff. But is, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do that because I'm not I don't want to take anything away from. I don't want to even be seen as trying to take anything away from what happened because I this has been such a fantastic finals. I off the top of my head, I think this is probably the most mm, this is the most impressive one in in a while. For, like yeah. as far as an individual player just like putting on an absolute dominating show, like he was un. Stoppable. He was unstoppable. This, it it this feels like series. it's an easily a top five performance. Yeah. Like, like, and I say easily. Like, I mean, because like, listen, like, you know, any guy can get hot. You know, not any guy, but like, you know, people can score forty points a game here and there in the finals. I mean, Booker had a forty point game, and but he yeah. was atrocious tonight. But to be consistently good, even when your team is losing, and the game one was whenever he basically was a last minute decision to play. You know, and that was his worst game statistically, and he still had 17 rebounds and still was in the plus on the plus minus. And so, like, his his worst game was the, his, his first game after he hyperextended his knee and probably shouldn't, shouldn't have been playing in the first place, you know. And so I, I feel like this is easily a top five full finals performance. Like, like pretty... Like, like I said, this is reactionary, so it may not be. But, like, I, I like when I'm watching... All these games, just it's just he got to do whatever he wanted to do on both sides of the court. Yeah, well, and I think something that's real key here that really struck. I mean, it's 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 been part of the thing this whole series to me, but like really stuck out to me tonight was um how like I don't know that you I don't know that anyone is is going to um is going to call Giannis like one of the great like leaders. Mm-hmm. Ever, you know, um, he's, I mean, he's vocal. He's not like Tim Duncan or something, but um, it's, it's not, a, he's not a traditional team leader. Like we tend to think of over the course of, you know, 50 years of, of NBA mm-hmm. history and stuff. Um, but the energy and poise and just sort of like, we got this that he had tonight was, like I don't think you can overstate how 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 important that was to to this being done tonight because uh, mm-hmm. you know there's this I mean Drew Holiday was what like four for uh, what's the stat here he was uh goodness four for nineteen and it if you'd have told me he was four for thirty five I would have been oh yeah absolutely <laughs> like he just he could not buy a bucket and there just so many weird plays they had I think eight turnovers in the first nine minutes of the game or something like that. I mean, it was just, it was such bad basketball and Middleton was in foul trouble. And frankly, I thought the refs were horrific tonight and very slanted towards Phoenix. Like I can, I know the free throw numbers are, are in uh, Milwaukee's favor, but like every single thing went Phoenix's way, in my opinion, from the officiating standpoint. So it's like all these things are kind of stacking up against you. And they got out to that huge, that hot start, and then Phoenix immediately was right back in the game and they got their own start. And everything else kind of felt like it could fall apart at any minute. And then Giannis is just out there. And it wasn't just like, all right, I'm going to give me, give me the ball, I'm going to get a bucket. It was just this this whole... I don't know. There was just this centering presence to what he was doing on the court tonight. Like every single time he touched the ball, every single time he was near the ball on defense, every rotation he made, there was just this, there was an energy and an intensity to what he was doing. And I, I, I mean, maybe I'm making too much of that, but it felt like it felt very uh, uh, contagious and that it, that it kind of carried over to the rest of that team and carried them through they're bad stretches. And it wasn't just like the third quarter. He scored like what, 20 points in the third quarter or something. Yeah. It was, it really was like that second, when he came back in it towards the middle of the second quarter on, um, it kind of, he just, he felt like, it felt to me, I don't know if you felt this way, but it it felt to me like the Suns, when they were, uh, got, when they did get up by three, five points in that range, they, it was desperate for them to hold on to it. And he's just like, 
coming for him. Like he's mm-hmm. just lurking constantly in the back. Here he is hugging all these kids. This guy, I love this guy so. Yeah, he's much. literally got his like. I, I was watching that too. He's got his <laughs> goggles on, about to go party, and he stops to hug kids in the hallway that are. Yeah, I just saying, cry. Yeah. I, uh, I mean this. This I love literally him so much. Like, and you know why this hits hard for us is because this is very dirk feeling you know and good on him for getting it done in year eight and not having to wait for for you know forever to get that label off of him you know because i i don't think it was on him in or close to being on him but if he wouldn't have won here in the next couple years like that's going to be the discussion of and it was already starting this year with uh well he ain't a hooper like which is which is garbage first and foremost but you know it's just but that's the thing is like this this is why it hits home for us because it's a guy that stay you know listen I mean like, we're both Mavs fans and we both had pipe dreams of Giannis playing next to Luca and like and we both said on the air too that we were we were happy that he re-signed yeah. there because mm-hmm. it's better for him and better for basketball and better for the grand scheme of you know happiness in the world you know and and so <laughs> it's just it's good to see it actually pay off and pay off quickly you know and so it's yeah. just. It's, For sure. Listen, like obviously we want the Mavs to win, and obviously we would be doing cartwheels if Giannis signed, you know, a deal with the Mavs. But this is just like this is the, such a great happy ending. And I had said before the finals that I would actually be okay with either team winning, but now that the Bucks have won, I'm like I'm super super glad it worked out this way because like I, I think I was re- like you said this I was rooting for them way more than I kind of figured I would be towards the end of the series. I don't think I've ever <clears throat> rooted for a team. I rooted. I mean, you know, and probably our listeners know too. I'm very driven by hate when it comes to sports. Like I, I, I don't like these. I don't like this player. I don't like that coach. I don't like this fan base. Whatever. And so I, I tend to kind of base my rooting interests around hate like Larry David. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I set up my own spite store every single, (laughs) every single season. But, um, so, I mean, I don't know, maybe it's a bit of a surprise, but like, I can't ever remember a time I was rooting so aggressively for a team that wasn't my team. Like that. Mm -hmm. I I don't really care. (laughs) I'm not going to hang a banner for the Bucks winning the way I, you know, I did in 2011 for, for the Mavs. Um, but it, it, it was, and it really was pretty quick. In game one, I was like, we, we, we both were of the same mind in game one. was like, the, the Suns were going to win that game no matter what. Game two, I really found myself getting angry at some of the, the stuff that, that, like, Drew Holiday was doing and the poor coaching that, that happened a little bit. Again, I want to give, give Bud a ton of credit for figuring things out. He adjusted very well through the course of this, this series. As he did down the stretch of the net series, it's just he's mm-hmm. he always starts so poorly. It's just a strange, strange thing. But anyway, um, but like the last few games, uh, I've been—I mean, I've been up and down. I've been yelling at the TV. I, I pace. I pace during important <coughs> Mavs games. I just like walk walk circles around my living room and and dribble a little basketball and stuff like that. Like I just—I have too much ner- nervous energy. I never get that way with a non-Mavs game. Um, and I, tonight, like the last six minutes, I was like, all right, I'm moving to the living. I was in my office. Like I'm moving to the living room. I got, I got to pace. I got to pay, get my little basketball on pace and stuff. And I was really, really into this Bucks team. And, and we can talk a little bit about what, what it means for the league. Obviously what it means for, for Milwaukee, for Giannis's legacy. If, if we want to, want to do all that, I guess, I mean, do you, do you have any notes on the game itself beyond just Giannis? Is there anything that you feel like needs I mean, to be... I don't want to get to, I'd rather focus on the bucks than like go on the negatives with, you know, the, the Suns. Um, I mean, first and foremost, the Suns were incredible this year and like their playoff run has been pretty magical. And like, it, it's, it's pretty, it, it was a, it, like, it was a fun series. And I think it, they, I think they did a great job of, you know, adjusting and Monty Williams deserves a ton of credit, but you know, I think what's crazy and what stands out to me as this as I'm watching this all go down is like, you know, some pretty large decisions that were made this year. You know, like I mean the Drew Holiday trade, obviously, like I mean I mean, all of us were like, What in the world just happened? You know, and it <clears throat> and we all said, Hey, if they win a title, it doesn't matter. And so now that that pressure comes off, so maybe you'll get an even better Drew Holiday next year. 
Um, the Bobby Portis signing ended up being, being huge, which I would have lost that bet, you know? Big time. Same here. Big uh, time. And he was incredible. And listen, yeah. I've always really liked Bobby Portis. I just, it's just not, that was not a move that I expected to be a huge finals shifter, you know, like, and it was. So he came in in game three and just completely changed the tone of what was happening. And then even tonight in game six, he had, I think it was 16 points, you know, and just a lot of hustle plays that you get from Bobby Portis and a lot of, you know, gainsmanship that you get from him. And, you know, he kind of, like, I think one of the things tonight I noticed was there was a a stretch whenever Aiton was off the floor that Bud put Giannis on CP3 and had Middleton on Booker, and that shut the game down. That was it. Like, I mean, that's, like, those are the kind of adjustments that, but we've been screaming at Bud about for years. And so Mm -hmm. I don't know. You know, I guess if I want to be petty, I'm going to be like, that's probably all Darvin Ham. So give him a head drop, guys, you know, <laughs> but it's just, Let's you know, Bud dunk and, and break yeah, a backboard. Right. All yeah. I'm saying. Come on, that's Bud. You know, it's it's great to see PG Tucker like come like, you know, leaves the the hapless Rockets and then comes in and is a great veteran yeah. presence. You know, Ariel in the discord t- saying how funny it is that, that PJ Tucker won one after not winning one with, with James Harden. And I'm yeah, yeah I agree. Well, and, you, like and you know, when you look in the. You look in the stat sheet, he's not going to show up necessarily that great in the stat sheet, but he does so many oh, things. Yeah. Like even like he kind of iced the game today. He he had a he had a rip on Booker that basically, you know, when they were kind of making a, like a mini run, he had a, he had a rip on Booker in the backcourt that that's, you know, yeah. kind of stopped their momentum. And then he ended up drawing a foul as well within 30 seconds of each other. So, I mean, like he's he's doing things all kinds all the time. And, you know, so, I mean, I'm obviously thrilled for P.J. Tucker as well. Um, just really, I mean, really cool story. And I, you know, I honestly, if, if the tables were turned and the suns were, were yeah. finishing off, like I know that we're CP three haters, but that would have been a really cool story too. For sure. Um, I think, yeah. I think that's the reason why this, this, this finals, like, I don't give a crap about ratings. Like in, you right. know, I don't know what they're actually showing, but this was a refreshing, this was almost like a cleansing finals this year to like give yeah, the fans totally something agree. that's not yeah. just a front runner, you know, like, and so. I, it, I, 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 I'm really, I'm really happy with that. Honestly, this for the injuries were a real bummer. And that's like, I mean, that put a damper on a lot of stuff with, from whether it's you know, Kawhi, AD, I mean, every team had real significant injuries this year. Um, during the playoffs, during the, during the run, not just like coming into the playoffs and stuff like during the run, lots of, of injuries. And that was kind of a bummer, but otherwise, I don't mean to obviously make light of, of, of those things or, or be dismissive, but but this playoffs ruled. It was a great, to me at least, as a just a pure basketball fan, this was a great two months of, of basketball. Like these these games were fun. They were there was a there there was plenty of, you know, the Bucks destroyed the Heat in the first first round and there were a couple of of, of series that were kind of duds, but for the most part the basketball was really good. The shot making is just incredible in this league right now, and and I, I think that can't be to me that can't be understated. It's it's really remarkable some of the stuff that gets done. There are a dozen moments and plays from this from this playoffs that I think are going to stick out in my brain for for the next mm-hmm. five or ten years, and and longer for some of them. Giannis's block on on Aiton. The Drew Holiday steal to alley oop uh, for for to Giannis at at the end of uh, of Game Five that's going to stick out for a long time. I mean, tonight is probably less of a moments night at, than some of the than games four and five were. Um, but we're going to think about uh, we're 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 going at least from I think you and I we're going to remember the fifty burger. That's something that that's mm-hmm. going to. That, that is going to stick out for a long time. We're going to remember that he went, what, 17 of 18 from the free throw line or something like that? Yeah, I mean, that's that's part of the craziest thing about tonight yeah. is that he, he was so locked in that the thing that's been his bugaboo all playoffs long yeah. was was a non-factor tonight. You know, yeah. so crazy. It, it, it's crazy. And I don't know, man. I just, this was a really, this was a great, exhibition for basketball i think over these last few months i don't know what the ra- i'm with you i don't i don't know what the ratings are going to be i don't really care i do understand how that does factor into like the long-term growth or popularity of the sport and all those sorts of things like i'm not completely dismissive of ratings but i do think that there's a there's a tendency to 
overrate and look at ratings when the teams featured aren't coastal <laughs> teams, you know, aren't L.A. or New York or whatever. And that to me is is a mistake. But but I, I, anyway, I understand what, what they're there for. But like. That's how Colin Cowherd keeps his ratings. It's like, it's, this is all it is. is just Colin Cowherd gets something Colin Cowherd to yell about, you know, I just, I'm I'm out. So (laughs) exactly, exactly. But like, if you, if you are a, even a cat, I think if you're a casual basketball fan, you may not have tuned into this series. And that's a real shame because you missed a great series. You missed a really fun, enjoyable six game stretch. And, and you missed some other really good games um, leading up to this, I I don't know I, I I've had a, I've had a blast with with this this series and and these playoffs and and watching this team come out tonight was was also just a great example of like how valuable I mean we we all talk about the stars and the stars are are the big thing obviously you can't get to these you're never gonna get to a finals without legitimate star power and Giannis shined on like the greatest level tonight in the the biggest moment but also. You know, Brooke Lopez showed up tonight. He gets gets a few buckets, real timely little buckets that that he brought to the table. PJ Tucker, like you mentioned, zero points tonight and and was still a massive factor. You get these little Bobby Portis just came out and balled. I mean, it's it really showed the importance I think of of having some guys to go to, especially if you're not fortunate enough to be a team that has two or three you know, legit all NBA type mm-hmm. players, um, which, which neither of these, neither of these teams have two or three of those kinds of players. You know, it's not the yeah. Nets. It's not the Lakers last year with LeBron and AD. It's, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, it's, I don't want to keep going back to, to the 2011 Mavs team. I, I know that that's very Simmonsy with the 86 Celts and that's annoying. And I, I know, but um, that team is obviously very near and dear to my heart. And that's just a team that, that was a team and that you got like, obviously Dirk was great, but that you had these big moments for random players that one of the turning points in that series was JJ Barea going into the starting lineup that Jan Mahimi hit a buzzer beater at the end of the third quarter in game six. And like, I think for me, at least that was like the first moment where I was like, I think we're going to win this. Like, I think we're actually going to win the title and lots of other guys that like chipped in here and there and gave you something. And the Suns had that too. It just it went the it went the other way tonight. It went it went it went the the Bucks way through the course of the series, and and it was it was highly enjoyable. Um, you know, yeah, and you know, the thing is, like, ahead, I think sorry. that I think there's only like, you know, since those Mavs, there's only been like two teams that kind of have felt that way. You know, because like I would say the Mavs and then then the Bucks for sure. But the only other time that like I didn't feel like a super team doing that it was like i mean i guess kind of when the Cavs won the 16 finals i mean yeah, yeah they had Le- they had yeah, lebron but, but like right. LeBron but again and and, and yeah it, so it's just one of those like kevin love and all that Ka- Ka- Kawhi with the raptors is the other one that kind of oh yeah sort yeah, of call. fits that mold but you know there's things and, and and there will be people who are gonna point to the harden injury the lebron injury the jamal murray injury the Kawhi injury the Trey Young, injury, whatever. You know, I mean, all these sorts of things. Every right? every yeah. season has those things. Like, and, and it, they just they felt a little accentuated this year, just because we had an excuse to sure. excuse. Maybe not be the right word, but I like we had it. We had something to point towards, or this is why we have so many injuries. But this that stuff happens. Like you, like it's, you know, no one wants to say that about the Lakers bubble championship. You know, like that, that's. Yeah. Like they they had the thing in front of them, they had what was in front of them, and they and they dominated and they won. Same thing with the Bucks. Like they, it doesn't matter that Kawhi was you know injured. It doesn't matter that Murray was injured. Like they they did they beat who's and for being honest too, like the Bucks beat the team that you know a lot of people are picking to win the title, and so mm-hmm. like I just I don't know I I that's I push back at that kind of stuff because it's just it's just not. It's not fair to take that away from them, barring, you know, I mean, I guess the only time that really you can really do something like that would be like if they were playing the Suns and like Chris Paul and Devin Booker got hurt in the middle of the That's kind of where I lean to that as far as this whole the because look, I, I do think that <clears throat> I think exa- I believe I believe I'm with you with what you're saying, like injuries happen every year. This is a weird year in that there were so many of the best players, you know, yeah. every team that the Suns faced was missing 
their best player or their second best player, um, or or you know, the the whole LeBron, both LeBron and AD were were injured in that that series, things like that. And then in the Bucks, uh, same thing with with their last two series, it's with Harden, Kyrie, and then and Trey. So I mean, I understand those are that is a little different than hey, injuries happen every year, and and I understand those things, but. To me, real, if you want to talk, like, if I do not care about the asterisk thing. That's not a part of my um, real basketball vocabulary or anything like that. But if you really want to go that direction, not you, I just mean the, the, the royal you. Um, the, that really, to me, only applies when, we're gonna, when something happens in the series. You know, like you said, if, if Chris Paul actually gets injured, not like this whole his, his left wrist hurts or whatever. I, if Chris Paul actually gets injured, if Devin Booker actually gets injured, if Giannis can't play the series because he, he jacked up his, his knee, something like that, that's a different story to me. That, I mean, that, that's what you get with the Raptors. Because I yeah. don't think even the, the most hardened Raptors fan will tell you that they actually would have beaten the Warriors if KD and Clay weren't, weren't injured. You know, And that's... That's part of, and that happened in series. So that's like mm-hmm. a, it's a little bit of a different, a different story. But um, I'm, I mean, I think both of these teams obviously accomplished a great deal and should should feel um, the Suns should feel great about what they what they were able to do. Whether or not they would have gotten to the finals, you know, with everybody healthy, I, I don't know. It doesn't really matter because they because they did. They persevered. They made it happen. They have a very good coach. They have a very good roster. They've got. Booker, who is kind of blossoming into somewhere between star and superstar kind of player and a really good roster. I mean, I, I definitely think that this series showed some stuff that they need to figure out. I, I texted you at some point during the game and was like, it's a real issue for this team that their three real that their three wings, Bridges, Crowder and uh, and Cam Johnson, like can't create at all. Like they're all three incapable of creating a shot off off the catch and like can't attack closeouts and all that kind of stuff. I mean they, they need to do a little bit of work there. Um but they've got a you know they've got a very quality a, a very, very good team and they did a lot of good work. It's just I just think the Bucks were really, really good. And yeah. and it's I don't know. It was fun. I know you and I have both kind of been on this page with the Bucks of of sort of half rooting for them for a while and just really kind of enjoying what they are putting together team building wise and just the, the kind of homegrown talent as it were and, and making this whole thing run. But like, I felt like the Bucks had a really good chance of winning the title coming into the playoffs in those first two games against the Nets. You just <coughs> think like, gosh, what an idiot I am to buy into this. Like mm-hmm. they're showing some of the same issues. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, we passed. Yeah. We were all, we were all writing Rick Carlisle to the, to Milwaukee yeah. and Chris yeah. Middleton getting traded and, you know, right. and it just, you know, it, it all flipped like really quickly too. So that's, yeah. that's wild. It's just, it's just amazing the way that it's turned out. And, and, and we have seen firsthand winning a title changes your reputation, your legacy, what you can do. You know, you, you have that to kind of hang your hat on when somebody questions coach Bud, he can kind of look in the background and, and, you know, <laughs> point to the the championship trophy and say cool but i got one of those so mm-hmm. shove it you know um and the, and the same obviously for for great players we live in for better or for worse and i think mostly for worse but we you know rings ring, rings culture is a huge part of how we look at these these guys these players and Giannis getting one now um you know it probably it definitely changes his position in 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 the pantheon of great players it changes the the narrative around him it kind of forces guys who have who have trumpeted the well he's a robin not a batman kind of garbage to shut up um at least for a day i'm sure i'm sure kendrick perkins and company will get back on it in a day or two but they at least have to be quiet for for the moment and that's a that's a win for all of us i think so um so that's a good thing i just the other thing that I think this will be brought up a ton and maybe it already has. Maybe if you're listening to this, you're already like, I've heard this so many, so many times. But again, we're recording this 20 minutes after the game. So um, this is huge. This is huge for small market teams mm-hmm. and for <coughs> totally. just the, the concept of team building as a whole, not just for, for small market teams. But this is a te- this is a team that has been built 
um, through years and hard work and patience and taking chances and all this kind of thing. And I, you know, I don't begrudge players. I don't know where you stand on this, but I have a feeling we're kind of similar. It's like, I don't really begrudge players for assembling, for going to play with their buddies, assembling super teams or, or semi super teams or, or whatever else, because this is how we judge them. We judge them on whether or not they win championships and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, but I do think that it's pretty cool to watch a team that didn't go that route or that, that assembled yeah. through a long-term process and a front office taking chances and that kind of stuff rather than, hey, do you want to play with me? Cool. All right, well, let's find a team that will take us. You know, I've always been on the mindset of it's not my, not my place to judge players for how they win their titles you know like when when lebron went to miami that was kind of the first time we had to really ever think about that and i didn't really like it didn't really bother me um the only one that's ever really bothered me about this stuff was in a weird way kevin durant but he kind of silenced that whenever he was the best player like mm. Cause like, you know, cause like whenever he went there, it was like, well, okay, well now that team's unstoppable. And you know, but he went there and he dominated like amongst those players. And so I think even then I didn't really care. Like, it's just cause you're right. Like this is how they're judged. And a lot of it is the team USA connection is that we've seen in the past as well. Mm -hmm. And, but I just think that each championship story tends to have its own narrative and some of them are more enjoyable to, us as you know the fans that we are and some of them like you know i'm sure a lot of those laker fans don't give a crap that you know that they have two future hall of famers and one in a bubble and yeah. they just they're just glad you know and whatever like it's just you know like it's do i do i like this story better you know absolutely i do but that's just my personality but sure. i don't i don't fault players like i mean like obviously it, it's it i don't want to say it cheapens it but like Whenever they lose, it makes it more entertaining, you know, like whatever yeah, the Nets don't sure. win because, you know, it makes it more entertaining because they have, you know, when the, like the Warriors were one of the most likable teams for the last however many years. And they had, you know, three to four players that are the would be the best player on every other NBA team. And so it's yeah, you know, I, I, it's okay. I think that it, it's I don't begrudge the guys that go to that, that make it happen that way, you know, whether it's LeBron or KD, mm -hmm. Anthony, whatever. I, I really, they, you can do it in a way that bothers me. Anthony Davis did it in a way that bothered me. James Harden, not. Yeah, forcing your way out by that. trade is yeah. is definitely not the way to go sure. for sure. Sure, especially in the way that they that they that they did it. Um, you know, I don't know that I'm going to be as bothered by Dame Lillard when it all comes down to it because I, I expect he'll do it in a different way, but maybe not. I don't know. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I don't want to get into that too much. I don't. I, I kind of go with the stance of, like, I don't really begrudge players that that force their way to the team of their choice and the buddy of their choice and, and however they want to do it. But I do think that it's fair for us to sort of um, grade those championships that are won differently. Uh, if if when they're one in that in that that capacity versus what the Bucks just pulled off, what uh, Michael pulled off with the beginning of the Bulls run, what Dirk did, you know, what Tim Duncan and and some of those guys did. Although there's some weird ways of you know, just the fact that they were able to get Tim Duncan is maybe a little odd, but um, I think it, Le LeBron in in 2016. I you know it's I think it's fair to to kind of I don't know put a a, a notch next to those, some of those titles or downgrade them a, a bit as compared to the way that some of these other ones are built. But I, you certainly can't take anything away from the player in that case, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. So I don't really, I don't know. It doesn't really bother me that, but just from, but I do think that it is good for basketball to have, uh, to have this go the way that it did and to have this, this team built around this superstar who could have uh, chosen to, really put the city and the team on on notice through the course of this entire season and and it could have been a really this could have been the worst season for the bucks you know it really oh, could 100%, have yeah it, so easily we talked about it a little bit in in november and december what a beating it would be to, for the bucks if um if he didn't sign that extension and and to do it the way that he did to put tr to put faith in the team um to to trust the decisions that they're going to make and just kind of say, I'm going to stick it out. 
um, at least for the moment. And who knows? If they hadn't won, maybe he would have forced his way out in a couple of years. We don't, we don't know how that would have played. But to go that route, I think that it makes – I hope that it has some impression on the rest of the players and the rest of the league. I know – I know that KD did not get the satisfaction from winning those titles in Golden State that he thought that he was going to get. Mm -hmm. And I think that that... I would hope that there's a player somewhere, whether it's Dame or whatever, Carl Anthony Towns or Bradley Beal or whoever else who is watching what just happened with the Bucks and Giannis and the way that that city is embracing him and thinks... Maybe I do want to stick this out and see if we can figure out a way to win it here instead of going somewhere else. I just, I mm-hmm. don't know. and again, I will be very mindful of. I'm, I'm this. This is not two white guys telling very very talented African Americans what they should and should not do, you know, or anything anything to uh, to that level. It, it's just, I think there's some value in winning in the place where you started it, um, where you're building something, and, and I hope some more guys grasp onto that i hope that that has some impact on the rest of the league as a whole Mm -hmm. because you know the thing is is that we we are shifting towards that not being the case and so maybe like this is the kind of thing to kind of balance it back out because again it's not like we need all the players to like never leave teams but you know it's it's uh it would be definitely great if more Giannis's were you know, in the league and seeing it through and, you know, not giving up on a city and stuff like that. So, but it goes both ways too. It also, cause like, listen, like Anthony, Anthony Davis, like really, really showed some not great things on his way out of new Orleans, but they also, you know, twiddled their thumbs for however many years before the, you know, before Mm -hmm. they actually traded him. And so he, I mean, he, he had all the reasons to not want to play there anymore. And so, you know, it just, it just, the way he, handled himself on the way out was the reason why it had such a sour taste, but you yeah. know, I don't blame him at all for wanting not, not wanting to play there. So yeah, for sure. For sure. Ab- absolutely. Absolutely. The other thing that just maybe this, I don't know, this might be the last thing I have at the moment. I'm sure there'll be other stuff that comes up uh, <coughs> over the next couple of days that will jump out. Like, man, we should, we should have talked about that or that I've forgotten from this series. I cannot remember a team that has as few pedigree guys as the Bucks do winning winning a title. And by pedigree, I mean, like, the, the draft is on my mind right now. We're going to do a draft bonus episode um, that will come out later this week. And, and, um, and obviously, we'll be covering the draft pretty, pretty extensively. But, like, you know, Giannis was the 15th pick in the draft, and – you know, averaged like four points a game his his first season. Um, Chris Middleton was a second round pick. Dante Vincenzo was a pretty late first round pick. Drew Holiday was like the nineteenth pick in the draft, something like that. Um, Pat Connaughton, I believe, was a second round pick. Brooke Lopez is probably the highest drafted guy on this whole team. PJ Tucker was undrafted. Um, yeah. I'm looking at Pat Connaughton because I don't. He's one of these those guys that kind of yeah. He was the forty first pick. Brooke Lopez, I think, was 11th or something. 10th. He was the 10th pick. Um, he's the only top 10 pick on this roster. That's kind of uh, – not kind of. That's, that's, that's ridiculous. That's, that's, that's remarkable to, uh, to pull those things off and, and to build that out the way that they did mm-hmm. with, with great patience. Um, team, the, the, the franchise deserves a lot of credit for, for going that route. I mean, yeah. even, like, down the roster, even, like, Jeff Teague was a late first-round pick or mid-first-round pick. Thanasis is, is, is undrafted. Bryn Forbes was undrafted. I mean, it, it's just that's that's uh, that's a remarkable achievement. Um, the other stat I saw this that uh, before tonight's game, I believe, was that Middleton and Giannis are the only two guys who are left from the team from Giannis's first season in the league. Remember, remember how bad they were that first year, and then they oh so bad they got Jabari Parker in the draft the next year, and yeah, and uh, or a couple years later, and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. They're the only two guys left from that team. They won 15 games that season, and they won 16 in this little playoff run. So uh, I <laughs> thought that was that was kind of poetic um, that they've that they've stuck around and they clearly have a great bond. Um, I don't know, man. I I love this team. I love Giannis. I love the way that this is this has been done. I I really dug the adjustments that Bud made over the course of 
of this season. I sent you that stat from that Lowe mm-hmm. had on his podcast before tonight's game that that the Suns had only gotten had only made thirteen corner threes. Uh, only gotten thirteen corner threes over the course of, of five uh, of five games, which is incredible. So much of their offense was was built around that. I can't remember one tonight. Like I'm sure there was one or two, but they, but it really stuck out to me that they weren't getting those shots that they were looking for. That's Bud that using Tucker the way that he did. Uh, you know, <laughs> no Bill Simmons doesn't seem. St- to understand his value, what he brings to the table, but it was on full display tonight. They just they did a lot of great stuff, and it was a fun, fun thing to watch. I'm excited to go back and watch these and listen to these pre- even these press conferences with Giannis because I just mm-hmm. I really love what he brings to the table and the, and the things that he that he says and talks about. He just I don't know, man. I it that's a true. I don't know. It's a true deserving champion right there, and I'm I'm just really I'm really happy and really proud of of watching. His development and the team's development over over these last eight years. Okay, so I put you on the spot once tonight already. I'm gonna put you on the spot again. If you're looking at these two teams, just real quickly, where do they finish in next year's regular season standings? Just off the cuff, right now. Bucks are still a top three team in the East. Um, I'm trying to think who. Oh, he's he's trying to smoke a cigar. He can't do it. <laughs> Amazing, amazing. Um, our buddy Matt has been there. Um, I mean, you know, the Nets are going to be good. We assume that the Sixers will figure out a way to be good again next year. But, like, I mean, there's nobody that I would for sure today pick over the Bucks, um, except for maybe the Nets. The Suns, I think, is a lot trickier. Because um, they lived – I mean, we talked about this coming into the playoffs. They had a charmed existence through this – Mm-hmm. This season, they were the only team in the Western Conference that was not besieged by uh, besieged by by injuries and COVID and all that kind of stuff. They they missed almost no games amongst their top seven eight players, um, and that really made a big difference. They obviously kind of caught some breaks through the course of of the playoff run as well. And we thought coming into the season this year that they were something like the five, six, seven seed, not the one, two, three mm-hmm. seed, which they they turned out to be. I mean, right now I would say they're probably still like true, like a real top four contender. But would it super surprise me if they were the six seed next year? Probably, probably not, especially given. CP3's contract status and his age and yeah, and he. I was about to say he has in eleven days. We're gonna know whether or not he accepts his player option, but I'm pretty sure he's going to accept the forty-four million dollar player option. So. I think he's gonna turn it down, but you I think, think he's so? gonna get. I think he's just gonna get another three-year contract with the with the Suns. That's my okay. guess. That's my guess. Two years ago, I would have said there's no chance he's not turning that. He's that he's gonna turn that that uh, that option down. But now, I mean. If you're the Suns, you kind of have to give it to him, and he has the Knicks sitting out there. You know, the Knicks are such are the you know the great mm-hmm. the boogeyman of when the Knicks have money, that's a boon to every player in the league who's, who's going to free yeah. agency because um, it's it's so easy just to throw the Knicks out there as a viable option of well I could just go play for the Knicks. Um, <laughs> so I kind of think he opts out and gets a three year deal for whatever that it ends up being one hundred and. 30 million or 140 million or something like that. So gosh, that's what I would, but like, and you do it if you're the Suns, you kind of have to do it. But I mean, he's 36 and he didn't look good down the the stretch of this, this series when they played a team that actually had its Mm -hmm. defensive core together, you know? Um, Yeah. So that's, that's, I don't know. Where do you, where do you think these teams finish next season? Probably about the same. Um, But I'm also assuming that Chris Paul is going to stay in his option. Um, I do think that if I, I actually feel pretty optimistic that Booker and Aiton will probably (laughs) rebound from this in a positive way. Like, I feel like this is going to feel like, you know, again, we've done this a lot tonight, but I feel like this could feel very much like the 07 Mavs that came out firing because they were just, you know, Mm. 
angry and wanted to dominate everything. I could totally see that happening with this team, whether or not they win, you know, or lose, to, lose to the eighth seed in the playoffs. I don't know. But, um, I, I think that they, they, again, yes, they faced teams with injuries and yes, they were healthy all season. They still did really good things together. Yeah, and, sure. and so I, in, in like, honestly, like when Booker and Aiden for most of the playoffs, like they had their off games and I think that's where the difference lies. I feel like next year with that experience that maybe they can figure it out how to be more consistent and not be a, you know, a hot, you know, hot yeah. like blip in the radar, but then you know come back down to earth. I don't know. But I, I just, I feel like that that young core and then Michael Bridges is only going to get better defensively. Like mm-hmm. there's a very good chance they could still be very good. I think there's also a very good chance that they could crumble if they don't keep, you know, if they don't sign the right pieces or if they do have injuries next year. So, yeah. And it's just, I mean, the, the, I don't mean to keep harping on the East cause the East actually was better this year and, and maybe yeah. projects, you know, with the, the way the Hawks came on and you expect the Celtics to be a little bit better next year. The Raptors maybe be better. I mean, the, you know, there, there will be, it's actually maybe a, a, a decent year in terms of, there being you know eight quality teams in the Eastern mm-hmm. Conference, which hasn't always hasn't always been the case, but like, I mean, the Suns are going to be going up against LeBron and AD with the Lake being back with the Lakers. The at some point the Nuggets will get Jamal Murray back, and and maybe we'll get him back just just in time to like really get him going before the playoffs. They're going to be a better team. Um, I don't know about the Jazz. We're gonna see. There's a lot of stuff there that could, that could that could happen. It sounds like they're gonna be making some moves. So. Yeah, and, and, yeah. You know, and we'll see how those things play. I think the Mavs will be better next year. Uh, the Clippers probably won't if with without Kawhi. That's that's a that's a factor. And then and then you got some of these younger teams that are coming on. Maybe the Warriors. Obviously, I think we're, we'll make a real case to be a you know a top five six team next year. So I just mean to say that like. The Suns could could play really well at next year, and and just with a little worse injury luck, and and just based on the talent that's coming up in the West, still finish fifth or sixth instead of mm-hmm. second. You know, it's a, it's it's just it's tough. It's tough to get it. I, but I'd be very surprised if the Bucks are not, again, barring injuries something like that, if they're not a a true like top three contender next yeah. season. Um, We'll see. You know, sometimes it's hard to win a second. <laughs> sometimes one is good enough for a while. You know, and there. So we'll see. But I don't know. I don't. I don't really. I don't see Giannis being that kind of guy. And I don't. Think I think that they're going to play a very good regular season next year because there won't be as much instant pressure on them to be successful. Yeah. So I think that. I, but I don't think that this really means they're going to be automatically, you know, a title contender necessarily. But yeah, I mean, I don't know what the the odds are right now, but I'm sure the Nets are the are the favorite to win the title next year. Um, uh, you just, know, I just saw on Twitter and I already passed it up. Okay. Uh, let's see, the DK Sportsbook has the Nets at plus two ten. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then. Let's see, Bet Rivers. Yeah, it has it's the Nets, Lakers, then Bucks is what the yeah, top three that's, is. That's about what I what I thought it would be. Who do you think Lakers? this is number four? Um, I'm, I'm so putting you on the spot a lot tonight. <laughs> let's see. It's not the Suns. It's uh, the Suns are five at plus okay. fifteen hundred. This like then I'm again, this is Bet. This is this is a uh, MGM's yeah. betting lines. I feel like I'm forgetting somebody. The the Sixers. Nope. Heat. It's the Warriors. Oh. Plus 1,000. Interesting. I would, uh, I would not, I would not bet the Warriors. No. I think uh, their time might be coming to a I close. Think so I think so too. Because, like, listen, so uh, this is totally off topic, but, uh, you know, I just, talking about the West and stuff, I, I feel like the Warriors are going to have to change something. And I don't, like, I, I just, Clay Thompson's going to have to prove that he can actually play a full season again. Yeah. Because I'm not two years. What a bummer. I'm not sure he can. And like, I, I feel like yeah. two years he was great off. in Space Jam, though, you know? Was, <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't know if great's the word I would use, but okay. <laughs> oh, we need to do a Space Jam episode, probably, yeah. don't we? Yeah. No. no. I already <laughs> did one. I'm good. I'm good. Um, all right, man. This has been, uh, this has been a really fun season. Um, Tough season, weird season in a lot of ways, but gosh, the basketball has been been enjoyable. 
love young. I love what what we've seen come through, and and uh, I'm I'm happy with with the way this is this is ended. It was a good, really good example of good basketball um, for the these last series, especially. So mm-hmm. good stuff. Finals over. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. Um, we greatly appreciate all of you who, who do tune in every week and listen to us kind of blather on and on about stuff. Um, we will be back later this week, like I mentioned, with a, a draft podcast. We're going to be talking about those guys that kind of round out the rest of the uh, the lottery after the top four. If you want to hear our thoughts on Cade Cunningham, Jalen Green, Jalen Suggs, and Evan Mobley, you can go back to, to – uh, into last week, beginning of, of this week, and listen to that episode. We did a little bonus talk on on those guys. This week we'll be doing uh, Jonathan Kaminga, Scotty Barnes, some of the other guys that are in that that next group of players. Next week we'll come back, probably do a uh, sort of a free-for-all around the rest of, of the prospects, the first-round guys, some second-round guys, that kind of thing, and then we'll cover the draft pretty extensively after the draft on Thursday night. And then uh, Tobin... Uh, <laughs> Free agency is like three days after that. So um, <laughs> things are going to get wild here. And then maybe we'll get a little bit of a break in, in August and, and can uh, see our families and stuff. But uh, for the moment, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being here. Um, tell your friends. Bring your basketball buddies around to listen to this podcast. It helps us greatly to carve out a little space in this very cramped podcast market. And do us a favor. Leave us a five-star review a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Um, and in that review, tell us the most obscure or random NBA jersey that you own or have owned in the past. We would like to read those out at the end of the show. Special shout out to our guy, Andy, who's a Bucks fan, a real true life Bucks fan, is also going through a hard time right now with, with his health. Hope this brought you a little joy, Andy. Hope this was a great week for you um, and that the, the nerves and uh, anxiety are, have been trumped by the the, uh, the feelings of, of just true triumph that you get when your team wins an NBA title. Hope it's been a blessing to you this week. Come back next week. We'll talk more basketball. But until then, stay hard, Rodney Rogers. <laughs>